Life Audio. You are listening to the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, episode 30, Exchanging Father Wounds for God's Love with Lynn Cowell, part one. I'm your host, Kia Stevens. This podcast is for women who have experienced pain in their father-daughter relationship as a result of divorce, abandonment, abuse, incarceration, addiction, or a physically present but emotionally absent father. The aim of this podcast is to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. If you are benefiting from this podcast and think it might help another woman, I encourage you to share it with a friend, rate, comment, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now let's dive in. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now, today, I'm super excited to be talking with Proverbs 31 Ministries writing and speaking team member, Lynn Cowell. And I am certain you're going to be so encouraged by her testimony. So let's go ahead and dive in. Hi, Lynn. How are you today? I am so excited to be here with you, Kia. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. I'm excited to have you share your story with us. But first, if there are some listeners out there that have not heard of Lynn Cow? I want to share her bio with you so that you can familiarize yourself with who she is and, and hopefully go out there and buy some of her books. Lynn Cow is part of the Proverbs 31 Ministry speaker and writing team. As the author of several books written for women of all ages, her newest book is Loved and Cherished, 100 Devotionals for Girls. Lynn calls home North Carolina, where she and her husband, Greg, and the occasional backyard deer are adjusting to life as just us. Along with their three adult children, the cows love hiking, rafting, and anything combining chocolate and peanut butter. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Well, now you know a little bit about Lynn. Thank you for sharing those tidbits about chocolate and peanut butter. That's a sometimes yummy combination. I had to shake my head, Kia, when you said three adult children, because all three of our kids are getting married in the first six months of this year. Wow. Um, It is a kooky year at the Cowell House. Uh, I can imagine. I don't know when when I finally get there, Lynn, I'll be the one passed out. (laughs) Just just in disbelief. (laughs) I'm such a mama bear right now. I love my sons and I don't want to be that mother-in-law, though. I just... Yeah. So anyways, Lynn, 
I'm honored to be talking to you about your story. I think we were chatting about my upcoming book and I was at, no, I was asking you about an, a book idea for father wounds and you were saying, Oh, I had that idea too. And I was like, Oh, well, do you know somebody with that, you know, experience? I just assumed why would Lynn Cow want to talk about father wounds? Certainly she probably hasn't experienced it. And then you let me know that you had experienced father wounds so I would love to just kind of talk about your experience, if you would just tell us a little bit about growing up. Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in a very big family. I'm number seven of eight children. Wow. And my parents both grew up very poor on farms in Southern Minnesota, and they moved to Iowa and tried something new, completely different, moving to Iowa. And so I was born in that era of their life. So our family kind of was like, you know, how sometimes there's families, like there's families within families. So mm -hmm. my first three brothers and sisters are close in age and close with each other. And then there's the middle three. And then there was a five-year gap. And then me and my little brother. So yeah, I grew up in a very blue collar family in Iowa. And that was what it looked like. So would you describe your childhood as happy or sad? Why or why not? You know, for the most part, I think it was a happy childhood. We always had enough. You know, I wasn't in a place where I ever had to worry. We, I didn't have as much as a lot of kids, but mm -hmm. I always had enough. I, I didn't have to worry. And I would say I felt loved, although that love felt very conditional. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very aware of how I behaved and when it wasn't exactly what one of my parents was looking for, you know, I felt that removal or that backing up of love. It, it, it was very, it felt very conditional as a child. I grew up in the church. My parents came, my mother came to know Christ in a personal way when I was eight. Mm -hmm. Um, so before that we had been a part of the Catholic church and then within the Catholic church, my mom had a personal encounter with Jesus. And then she began to share that with her children and her husband. And so I came to know the Lord when I was eight years old. So I would say for the most part, it was happy. I don't think I really began to realize the pieces of my story that were kind of missing until I got to be older mm -hmm. um, or or I also remember engaging. I don't know if this ever happened to you, Kia, but when you engage with other families, oh, then yeah. you begin, begin to see like, wow, I've never seen that before. We had a, a friend who lived across the street. And sometimes when I would go over, her parents would be laying on the couch side by side, like, you know, spooning on the couch together. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, that is bizarre. I've never seen my parents hold hands. I never saw them kiss. <laughs> Um, I never saw any affection between them. And I didn't know that was abnormal until I, I saw it in another family. Mm -hmm. I can totally relate, Lynn. I, in fact, I often tell the story of in college, my freshman year, a friend of mine had a bookshelf in her in her room. And I don't know what possessed me to ask her, you know, who who built that bookshelf or how did you do it? And she's like, oh, I built that bookshelf with my dad. And it was kind of that echo, like with my dad, with my dad, with my dad, because I was like, oh, people build bookshelves with their dad. Like when did people start doing that? You know, it was just like a revelation to me that I missed something. 
because I had never built anything with my dad, certainly not a bookshelf or anything else for that matter. And I, I began to, I left out of her room and I, I sobbed. It was all I could do to get out the door. And then I just boo-hoo-hooed. Um, and that's when I think the Lord really probably started to put his finger on that area of loss in my life. It's kind of interesting, the strangest things that will, will trigger pain. My father ended up passing away when I was just over 30. And I remember one day my garbage disposal was clogged and I went to go call my dad. And mm-hmm. it was like, your dad's not here. And I just sat on the floor and wept. And it was, you know, the strangest little trigger was a garbage disposal. Yeah. But God knows, he knows what to use to get the the grief out. So let's talk a little bit about your father and maybe even when you noticed that there was something that you longed for in that relationship and and didn't receive. Yeah, well, I think part of it is uh, kind of the story we started with the family across the street and she would spend a lot of time with her dad and they'd putsy around the yard together or, or spend time together. And I just could sense there was a connection between her and her father that I didn't have with my father. My dad was extremely quiet. And when I say extreme, like he could go an entire, you know, evening without a single word, you know, coming out of his mouth. And so I think at the time, you know, I kind of didn't know what to think about my dad because I didn't know who he was and he didn't know who I was either. I know that being a dad of supporting eight children, you know, without a strong education background, um, working with his hands. I think sometimes just the weight of that also kept him quiet. So yeah, I think it was more the, just the absence of any connection at all and, and realizing that just human to human people interact, right. And there was just virtually no interaction whatsoever between me and my dad. The, the time when I felt, you know, closest to my dad, or I don't even know if that's the word, but I learned early on that performing got his attention. Hmm. So my dad worked in a foundry by day. And then by night, he moonlighted having his own electrical business. And he did this every day, worked two jobs every day, and then would work Saturdays as well. But if I was running a cross-country meet, or if I had a choir concert, sometimes he would not go to his moonlighting job and he would come. And To me, that was the biggest expression of love that I saw from him growing up was him physically coming to see something I did. He didn't say anything. You know, it's not like he was the dad clapping and screaming and all that. But sometimes he would come. Sure. And I imagine, you know, that as a little girl that made you feel a lot of love. Or as proud to know that he was in the stands. Yeah, I think that. Again, being from a big family, finances were were just something we were always aware of. And so in my mind, I knew that if he chose not to go work his evening job, that that meant he was giving up some kind of income. So Mm -hmm. I think that even as a, you know, a teenager, I equated that with love. Like to, to me, the biggest expression of my dad's love was provision. He never, he didn't tell me he loved me until I was. Hmm. I, I must have been in my early 20s. And that was after he got cancer. I think that that started, you know, realizing the limitations he had on life. 
So up until then, what I didn't hear, I think I tried to find it. Like, surely he loves me if he he feeds me and he buys me clothes. Surely he loves me. And I think that's pretty common, you know, in our heads, we spend a lot of time analyzing how our parents love us or in what ways they love us or, you know, as we're contemplating in our mind, if they love us, you know, we're just kind of searching for that love. I can definitely relate to that. When did you begin to wrestle with what you didn't receive from your dad? So after I, I graduated from high school, I went to a, it was a Christian program for people who wanted to go into ministry, but they didn't necessarily feel called to go to like full, a four-year college situation. I don't know if you're familiar with YWAM, but they were kind of associated with Youth with a Mission. And so when I went to this, this organization, one of the one of the first things that they started addressing in our life was God as a father. And of course, you know, to me, father means absent, not there, not engaged, someone who takes care of me, but not necessarily in a direct way, but more indirect. And so we, in this program, we read a book called The Father Heart of God. It's by a guy named Lloyd McClung. And I devoured that book. And when I began to see God as my father, I just began to look for all kinds of scriptures that talked about him as a father. And and it took me a while to make the connection that the reason I was so connecting to God as my father was because I had not had that in my life. And so I was about 19 about that time period. And I'll be honest, whenever I'm Often when I'm praying or journaling, I often refer to God as my father. That's like the most tender part of his character to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is tender. And I think so profound that he would reveal himself to us as father, knowing that that's a place that just society, Christian or non-Christian, we're so impacted by the absence or the addiction or, you know, the affair, whatever it was that took our father out of our life. It's so impactful that God chooses to reveal himself to us as father. I do want to ask you, was that an easy shift to switch from not viewing God as a father to then viewing him as one? And I say that because it was a challenge for me in terms of saying, you know, with my father or with a father, you would trust them blindly. You would be tender or affectionate or vulnerable with the father who you knew loved you and you could trust. But for me, there were some places of, of mistrust or distrust with God or or just a, a just a unsure if you would really father me based on my earthly father, my experience with my earthly father. Did was it an easy shift for you? I don't remember it being particularly hard, except for sometimes I still have to really think, you know how some people will be like, well, don't bother God with that or God's too busy for that. I think, you know, 
sometimes I have to be intentional to remember that God isn't on a, on a, a 24 hour time, you know, thing. And, and every moment that I take from him means it's taking time from something else, you know, that he has all the time in the world for me. I think sometimes that is, and, and again, I can see that as a, a just a reflection on my father, not having, you know, time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that you said that because it, it's such a practical example of how we have to not view our view our heavenly father through the lens of our biological father, but through the lens of, of the Bible and the attributes that we see in the word of God. You know, I just recently did a podcast episode on God being accessible as one of his attributes. It's kind of not an attribute that rises to the surface when you talk about God's attributes, but he is accessible 24 hours a day. He's never bothered. He's never annoyed. He's never frustrated. He's never like, when will you get over this? You know, he's always available for us. So I love that. You've been listening to the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, episode 30, Exchanging Father Wounds for God's Love with Lynn Cow, part one. I hope this episode has been an encouragement to you. And I want you to know, whether your dad is deceased, absent, divorced, unavailable, incarcerated, or you don't know who he is, sis, there's hope for you. Hope to be healed. Hope to be secure. Hope to be free. Completely free. Hope to be satisfied with the love of God. Yes, there is hope for women with father wounds. This was episode 30 of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast. I am your host, Kia Stevens. If you are benefiting from this podcast and think it might help another woman, I encourage you to share it with a friend, rate, comment, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Be sure and check out the links associated with this podcast so you can access several free resources for you. Also, I am excited to announce that I will be publishing my very first book for women with father wounds on March the 7th, 2023. So be sure and subscribe to my blog at www.kiastevens.com so you won't miss any updates. Thanks for listening to this episode and I hope you will join me for Exchanging Father Wounds for God's Love with Lynn Cowell, Part 2. Hope for Women with Father Wounds is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, hello, Quinice Petway here co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's Word one verse at a time to explore His will for your life and desire to draw closer to Him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search Your Daily Bible Verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word.